This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. You're listening to LCC Alumni Stories, a show dedicated to highlighting the amazing alumni of Lansing Community College. I'm Steve Robinson, president of LCC, and on each episode, I have the awesome privilege of getting to know one of our many inspiring alums and hearing about their experiences at and since leaving LCC. The LCC alumni community is expansive and far-reaching. They're an incredibly diverse group of people, representative of all walks of life, working in hundreds of industries across the country. LCC Alumni Stories shines a bright light on alumni who make positive contributions to their communities and showcases those who've overcome obstacles and barriers to achieve academic and personal success. These are their dynamic stories. My guest today is Jada Ganas, who started her path to psychology at LCC. She's currently a student at Elmhurst College in Illinois, and during the summer, she works here in Lansing at the very cool Impression 5 Science Center. Jada, I'm so happy to have you on the show. I'm excited. I'm excited, too, and I thought I was going to be interviewing you remotely from yeah. South Africa, so it's great to see you here at LCC. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Well, thanks good. for coming here, and you know, at the beginning of the show, I want to hear what you're doing now. You were just in Africa, and you're back here now. Tell me what you were doing in South Africa. So I was studying abroad mm-hmm. um, through a program out of Vermont. Um, I was doing their Multicultural and Human Rights Wow. Um, in which city? Where, where were you in South Africa? So we were based in Cape Town, Cape but Town. We, we went to Johannesburg for a week and then we went to Eastern Cape for, for a week. What was that like? It was a lot. Uh, we, I learned a lot of heavy stuff. And, you know, you just, you're just like, America's the same. Like, like we, treat, we treat, like, black people the same way. Like, it, it is different, but it, it's not at the same time because of the government regulating a lot of stuff for people of color. So so you were there and it was a human rights uh, themed uh, study abroad, right? Yeah. So you were studying the history of apartheid and the history, the very specific history. That What are some of the things you learned? Yeah, like, so the white people colonized South Africa. It's a Dutch and, Ingle- mm-hmm. and English. Right. The Dutch just, I don't know, made it their own, like, land and pushed the black people to like the townships right um i don't know it's just a lot of heavy stuff it's going to take me a couple years to process but i can only imagine it's it's a lot of heavy stuff because um what what the apartheid government did is that they took what german what germany was doing to like the jews and uh, the lgbtq plus and then what they were doing to the black people here during uh the civil rights and just made it worse for the black people in south africa and it's just a lot of gruesome stuff. And that is just, what that the name apartheid, right? Is that is the name of that systemic uh, form of government that separated and um, really dehumanized a whole set of people, right? Yeah, yeah. And I have to give credit to like if you want to like learn more about like what it was really like. Like Trevor Noah 
is probably like the best to like hear from him because he like lived it. He was like he's illegal. Amazing. Yeah, and I love am- him. And he's amazing. Yeah, and but also like just like talking to people uh, who like lived through that when I was there, and like just like just seeing like so you know how like in America it's like city like black people live in the city and then it's like white people. Well, there it's different. White people live in the city, then it's people of color, and then black people. Interesting. So it's like different. It's it's opposite. So and even though even though the 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 era of apartheid passed a while ago, what I'm hearing you say there's still some very very huge remnants of that kind of oppression in that country. Yeah, like people just can't get out of the the townships because of just like I mean the pay one is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Same same here. And um, I don't know. It's just it was it's. It's a it's a lot and like a lot of white people who were like police officers like don't regret what they did even though they killed hundreds and thousands of people who wow. were black in the townships and uh, they had passports so they couldn't like go to certain areas in South Africa wow and so yeah so a couple of things uh, first is it's one thing to study something like apartheid or the history mm-hmm. of South Africa in a book. But you were there for three months, right? Mm-hmm. And what what do you think you learned by being there that you couldn't have learned in a book? I think just the vi- visual of it right. all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain, like, not tribes, but, like, certain groups of people. So I in Cape Town, most of the black people were Kosa. Right. It's like... Osa? Yeah, there's. A, oh, you did a good yeah. click. Yeah, because yeah. Co- well, I can't do it. Yeah. But, but Kosa is a click language, right? Yeah. You did a good click. Yeah, and so um, I learned like Kosa for about like two or three weeks. Because really? I, I lived with a family who was Kosa. Uh huh. And um, and so, uh, and so like I had to say good night to them and hello, and can't do that in a book. No. Wow. No, and I also worked in the township um, in the high school where I lived, like uh, like two months later, mm-hmm. and so so all my coworkers were like Kosa too, and so uh-huh. they spoke in Kosa, and then I would hear my name, and I'm like, "What's she talking about?" Like, because I didn't know what they I didn't understand what they were saying. Wow, that's total immersion right yeah. there. And then the other thing you said, you know, before we move on, I, I'm just fascinated by this. I thought it was really wise what you said that it's going to take you a few years to really process what it was like. I mean, uh, there are some things that are heavy and a lot, and it takes a long time for them to sink in. What what made you say that? That that's really interesting to me. I think because like when I was there, there was also stuff going on here too, like yes, um, like the killing, like of uh, like the police officer killing the um, the black person and. Grand Rapids that like it was it was it was a really a lot because then you just like wake up again you're like this is this is ongoing like it's never gonna stop unless somebody does does something like and and that stuff happens in South Africa too so it's just like it's just a lot and you can like just see that like nothing has happened yeah oppression doesn't ever end itself yeah right and so one of the things I hear you saying is that you you know it's just gonna take years to reflect on your experience and what you learned there and maybe some of what you learned there was uncomfortable because you see it in your own country. Yeah. Well, and my teachers, well, instructors, teachers, um, said it would take me about a few years to, like, actually, like, learn what I saw. Wow. Um, 
Well, what an amazing experience you had. Yeah. And now you're and now you're back. And so tell me a little bit about what you're studying at Elmhurst. Tell me a little bit about Elmhurst. Where is it in Illinois and what are you studying? Yeah, so it's about a 45-minute train ride out of Chicago. Okay. So it okay, like without like the traffic, it's really like a 15-minute drive okay. into the city. Okay. Without traffic. So it's in the suburbs. It's a really 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 small college. It's kind of kind of feels like LCC cuz really? you're just on a block. Okay. It's literally a block. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just take classes i don't i'm not in any clubs like i try to do like the black student union mm-hmm. but like so, sometimes they, they like most of their stuff is like during the time when i have classes okay so i never get a chance to go so what are you studying what what degree are you going for at um psychology and sociology okay great and so the reason why i went to south africa is because to get my some of my sociology credits Okay, so you so, actually took some sociology classes while you were, did you, you studied sociology when you were at, in South Africa? Yeah, because like human rights is basically sociology. Absolutely. Um, and so, so yeah, so I just went there to, um, to get credits. But yeah, I, I actually did my first sociology class here at LCC. Yeah. And I just wanted a minor so I could like, I don't know, I feel like everyone should have a minor just like to like be like, I have a minor too if you like you need me for this reason. I don't uh-huh. know, for like a job. No, it makes sense. And so I haven't taken a sociology class at, at Elmer's yet. <laughs> and I my first sociology class was here with my first like semester mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so well i think you'll be really prepared when you take it at elmhurst given all the experience you had in south yeah. africa and our amazing classes here yeah. so you know so you're at elmhurst you're studying uh psychology and sociology uh but that's not where you started right um and you didn't come straight to lcc either what did you do after, after you grad- where'd you go to high school and you know what'd you do right after high school yeah i went to holt public schools okay so about 15 minutes away mm-hmm, yep um and great partner of LCC. We do a lot of great yeah, stuff with Holt Schools. Yeah, so you I graduate, love. Yeah, you graduated Holt Schools, and and then I went to MCTI, which is Michigan Career Technical Institute. Mm-hmm. It's basically a school for people with disabilities. Okay. Um, and it's a trade school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have learning disabilities, and so I was called quali- because I'm disabled and under the state. Okay. Um, it, it's free. It's a free college so if you're disabled. So what's what's it called again? It's M. MCTI. MCTI. And yep. so because of your disability, you were able to go there. And what did you study? Um, I did the certified nursing assistant okay. certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in Plainwell. Okay. Um, I just wanted to throw it out there if anybody wants to look it up. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did the nursing program there. Uh-huh. So before you're like qualified, you have to like do like, it's kind of like here, like when you like have to do like the test. To, to see right. what classes you have to take uh-huh. or like what level you're at. Yes. So it's kind of like that, and they like and they grade you on like the scores you get from like hand motion, reading level, math level, mm-hmm. and and they see like like what what you're best at. And there's like like the highest like hard one is I think like computer like science like like the computer um, training. Okay. Um, so you can like do like IT, I think, uh-huh. um, and that's like the hardest to get into if you're not like super smart. Okay. <laughs> All right. Not okay. I'm everyone's smart, but in you know. I agree. Um, and then and then like pharmacy is like the second or third like toughest thing to get into. Like I want to do pharmacy, but I I didn't get like the score to do it. Okay, so that was sort of driven by the test scores, right? Yeah. And then and then but you ended up doing the the nursing. Yeah. And so afterwards I um so after when I graduated MCTI, it's a 10-week program. Okay. So every program's different or training class is different. Mm-hmm. So it's 10 weeks but 5 weeks for 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 the preparation. Mhm. 
and then they, they help you apply, apply apply for a job near near where you live. So okay. they like help you like like find a place. Okay. Um, so they're very helpful with that. And did you work when you were done for a little while? Or? Yeah, I worked for like three months or four months, and then I like was like I don't feel like being in a dark like no window <laughs> building for like for the summer. So I was like I I'll go to LCC. So the work was not this. This is not what you wanted to do, right? Um. So I loved the residents. The people I worked with was really. It would, I don't know. It was hard. Okay. Like I, I got in trouble a lot for like the things I just learned, and it was like, but I see other people doing that, but I would get in trouble. Like it didn't make sense. It didn't add up. And right. so, so finally, like my my parents were like, yeah, you can quit. <laughs> like, okay. And so, and that's when you decided uh, to come to LCC. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, I did like the GED mm-hmm. summer class, um, but I already had a. Uh, diploma right from you had high already school. graduated from high school but because of my but I did the I did like the placement test so mm-hmm. like but my math and re- and reading and writing score was super low okay and I didn't even like pass it and they're they're like well we have like a GED like class that you can like do for like I think it was like $25 right. for the summer for like it was like 10 weeks or something and I was like sure and so I did it and I just did like the math and reading and writing mm-hmm. like session and I was kind of like one-on-one with the teachers yeah um so it was really nice because I didn't have to do like the science or history again right it sounds like it was really helpful yeah right yeah because then I did I did my score again and it like bumped up a lot okay so you lifted those scores okay but not but not that much Mm -hmm. because I I had to like retake like high school math and high school English which I'm okay with because I know I have learning disabilities like I have to like get up there so so there are classes for like high school level Right. To, to work your way up to, to do like your math, your college math and your co- and your college English. Mm-hmm. So it was helpful a lot. So tell me when you start taking classes here at LCC, we, you, you mentioned the one sociology class. What were you taking? What kind of classes were you taking? Um, so I did the abnormal psych. Mm-hmm. I did that during COVID. But and then I did like obviously I did intro to psych and I did personality. No, the personal. Uh, the people who did who made psychology, like Freud and okay, all those right, people. Okay, right, sure, sure. Um, I did so, social psychology. So it's just like how we are like in the world. So you like those psychology yeah. classes. Yeah. It sounds like they prepared you really well for what you're doing now. Yeah. I did another one. I did a lot, mm-hmm. but then I, I can't remember. But Right. Well, a couple of things. I want to talk about you transferring to Elmhurst. But before that, uh, and first of all, you're super open talking about disability. Yeah. That's very cool. It's only if you want to, but it sounds like of our folks here at LCC were really helpful in in working with your abilities. Uh, did you find uh, a lot of help here when you were uh, working on your classes? Yeah, a lot. A lot of my teachers like were very helpful, like giving me notes because I'd have. Uh, so my disability is reading, writing, and comprehension. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't really work like for school because it's like literally like what you have to do. That's okay. Um, so you were talking about maybe some you had a note taker in some of these yeah, classes. Yeah. Yeah. I so yeah. So the teacher gave me notes or if like a friend would like do the notes right, for me. Right. Um and so that was helpful and then I have to have my test read to me mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so and so like we have like student like read like yeah. readers yep. and those are very helpful too cuz you get like kind of close to them. Mhm. And so it was really sad leaving because, like, my school doesn't – Elmer's doesn't have that. Doesn't have as much of the uh, disability services or – No, uh, they do. They're very helpful with, with my with my accommodations. They are. Um, but but the accommodation that, that helps me the most is, like, having s- 
an actual person read it to me versus versus a computer. Ah, okay. So they have some technologies like some AI or yeah. adaptive technologies that do the reading. You know, my I spent 15 years teaching and through that whole time at a community college, I had students who had test taking accommodations, readers, the note takers and that those can be incredibly helpful um accommodation so it sounds yeah. like they really helped you be successful here yeah and the person who like managed the the disability service was andy mm-hmm. and andy was very helpful very and, like, helpful to you sometimes i would like cry with like something didn't go my way and he would like calm me down i don't know i really liked him a lot well i'll tell you what the folks the folks who are um in learning support services in general are just they're they're super kind people mm-hmm. they, they went into that line of work for a reason it's because they're they're empathetic, uh, they're good at explaining things, and they're just good humans. And yeah. that's what you need, right? When you're in a situation where you, you need a, lo- a, a particular accommodation because of your abilities, uh, you need somebody who is understanding. Yeah, and also like Impression 5 like helps, like accommodates a lot for me too, which tell is me, very Tell helpful. me about that. So this is now you're, now, this isn't student stuff. Now you're no. an employee, right? You're a, on the job. What kind of accommodations do you have at Impression 5? Um, so sometimes they give me like documents and I'm like, um, you need to read this to me. Okay. And they do. Um, Good. I don't know, like probably like new exhibit stuff, like what we have to do, like I have to have somebody read it to me because mm-hmm. um, we do get new exhibits. Yeah. Um, every few years yes. or every couple of months because we have the traveling exhibit. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, those are really fun. But yeah, I really like Impression 5. I like, do too. They're it's, very it's a cool place. It's one of my favorite things about coming back to, um, I was I was here in Lansing for many years ago and I've only been back for a couple of years, but Impression 5 is this great gem. Mm-hmm. Um, I always get I always get happy when I ride my bike by it on the on the river trail. Yeah. I, you know, Jada, I want to talk to you about transferring. Okay, so you were here, you had success. Our, um, you know, learning support folks gave you accommodations to help you be successful. It sounds like you kind of ignited your interest in psychology and sociology while you were here. How did you learn about Elmhurst, and how did you decide to transfer? So my brother actually played soccer at Elmhurst. You know, so, a, a lot of people learn about colleges yeah. that way. So you had a sibling who was there, yeah. right? So and did you visit him before you went there ever? Yeah. So, like, he's three years older than me. Mm-hmm. And so every weekend we, we, we would, like, go down to, to watch him play soccer. And mm-hmm. I just fell in love with the campus. So you got comfortable with the place yeah. by watching your brother do athletics there. Yeah. And, like, just, like, walking around campus. And, like, I think it was, like, the first time we took him down there for, like, the first day of soccer. And I was like, I'm going to come here and my parents like okay and I actually got in and so that was really exciting it's very exciting yeah and and you you remarked on this a little bit I mean you had a lot of support here are, are you able are you getting the support and accommodations that you need there at the transfer destination because yeah. we always think about that here at LCC it's yeah. like when you guys transfer like how is it going there I mean do you have the support yeah of course my all of my professors are very welcoming and like I never have trouble like I I sent an email to them like saying like hey like these are my accommodations I have learned disability I'm an incoming student yes the disability service will send you what I need yep and then they send it and then then they're like okay and then they start giving me their notes and it's very helpful Elmhurst is great too that's too cool that makes me really really happy and you said something 
about the campus? It, does it have the same kind of feel as LCC? Tell me a little bit about what it's like to be there at, at Elmhurst. Yeah, so it's kind of like LCC. It's like a block. <laughs> it's okay. like a block long. I, I, it's I in feel a city? Like Is it in it's, a city? Yeah, it's in Elmhurst City. Okay. But like you have like dorms instead of, I, there's, there's more buildings there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like dorms and then we have like a mall a grassy area and then we have a chapel okay yeah we have football field like i don't know we have like all the sports i think cool and cool. yeah so it's 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 a really small school but mm-hmm. it's it feels like home like you get to know a lot of people there or like even like in the cafeteria you like re- remember everyone who comes in like what they look like and that's and that sounds like a really supportive environment for you yeah now your your is your brother still there did he is he moved on did he graduate yeah 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 he graduated in 2018 oh, and okay. i and i got there 2021 okay cool. yeah well that's kind of cool that you both you know went there yeah, and, yeah. and my sister goes to Loyola. okay so um, not chicago. too far away right? yeah so about 45 minutes away so my brother lives in the south side of chicago okay so you guys are like a chicagoland family yeah it's a it's literally a triangle and so like so I'll like go pick up my sister or I'll just or I'll just be her there at my, at my brother's. And so, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, we're too proud of you for moving on and being so successful there. What are you thinking you want to do when you get your degree in psychology or sociology? So I really want to be a counselor for 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 a high school. Mm-hmm. Being go to, to grad school. So I think I'm going to like ask around like like what what are like the the jobs I have to do to prepare for not for masters but like to like put on like a resume uh-huh. um because I know I want to take like a year or two off okay. before because grad school is expensive it is and so and so I want to like have some more experience in the psych world or or, or I'll just stay on pressure five <laughs> like okay who knows all right because well, I'm always I cool. always I always go back to pressure five I've been working there for like five to seven years really yeah That's I was long like, term yeah I like volunteered there when I was like 14 and 15 I did like the labs programs mm-hmm camps and then um i did guest services for like four years and then this summer i'm doing labs again wow so yeah so it sounds like eventually what you want to do with this uh training and and knowledge that you're getting in sociology and psychology is to help people yeah maybe even help people with things that you've been successful with yeah i really want to be a counselor because i i've had trouble in the past and i think speaking to someone i'm a very promoter but everyone should have a psychologist or a counselor because it really helps yeah especially just like learning like today like in today's world like Mm. everyone should have one because like it's definitely because of the pandemic it can really make you sad so there's there i've read a lot of news stories and even a couple academic papers about how uh the pandemic really did uh create a lot of mental health challenges for everyone yeah and took what was already a really serious issue of folks needing good uh, mental health care and made it even even uh, more difficult for them yeah and and also like a lot of countries are still not on the bag wagon of mental health too yeah tell Um, me about that so like in South Africa, a lot of like, so, so the thing that I, one of the things that I learned that was very interesting was, so in the Kosa culture, like ancestors talk to you when they, and when people go see psychologists, they're like, oh, we have bipolar. And the person's like, no, cause I'm talking to my ancestors. Like, I'm not crazy. Like, it's just like my ancestors telling me what to do. Like, and, and in my head, I was like, there's, that's no different than, than a Christian being like, God's talking to me right now. 
you know. So, so not, it's not, fascinating. Not, so there's a cultural component there that because people think it's different that it must be some kind of a pathology. When it's yeah. not pathological, yeah. it's just that's my culture. Yeah, right? and it's like it's no different than, than, than a Christian person like being like, well, he wants me to to fall to fall in there in his footsteps. Interesting. And it's like it's 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 the same exact thing. But we're not telling Christians that they're crazy, you know. I don't know. No, that's fascinating. If that to makes me. sense. No, it also sounds like you're paying attention in sociology class, yeah. right? Because you know the way the, the you know science and psychology is not separate from culture and the way we view the world, right? They're, yeah. That one informs the other. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. Well, Jada, it's been so wonderful to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. And we uh, I really enjoyed learning about South Africa and your journey from LCC to Elmhurst. And I wish you all the success in the world. It's been Thank great you. to talk to you. Thank you. LCC Alumni Stories is recorded by Steve Robinson on LCC's downtown campus and produced in the WLNZ studio. The soundtrack, Who Told You, is licensed through DeWolf Music and was performed by Ian McCanty. Thanks for listening. Learn more about what our alumni have been up to at lccconnect.org. If you're an LCC alum and you want to share your story with me, send me an email at steve.robinson at lcc.edu. Until next time, keep learning. This is LCC Connect on WLNZ 89.7 FM. Sharing the voices of Lansing Community College. Visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Founded in 1957, LCC has addressed the needs of Michigan industries through education for more than 65 years. Anchored by the downtown campus located in the heart of Lansing, LCC serves mid-Michigan communities with additional campuses in Delta Township, East Lansing, and Livingston County. The college offers more than 200 degrees and certificate programs and is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Those interested in learning more about LCC may visit lcc.edu slash youbelong. Last night we put on an epic light show. Yeah, we did. The crowd loved us. We love the crowd. Wait, but there were only four people out there. Yeah, but did you see their four faces? All eight of their eyes lit up brighter than ours. <sighs> and we're fireflies. Yeah, we are. Hey, that one girl, she looked like she'd never seen glow in the dark like this before. And we invented glow in the dark. Yeah, we invented it. And we're going to be out here every night rocking out our light show at a forest near you. Woohoo! So come check us out. Check us out. And bring your kid all ages show. Oh, but uh, don't bring any of those glass jars because they make us kind of nervous. Yeah, and I'm super claustrophobic. Whether you're rocking their world or they're rocking yours, some memories never fade. Come alive with the forest. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a forest near you. And discover other cool things to do when you go, like fishing, biking, or even camping. Visit discovertheforest.org. See you later. Yeah, see you soon. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Lansing Community College Performing Arts features several events and presentations throughout the year. Find more information by visiting lcc.edu slash showinfo. 
Hi, I'm Melissa Kaplan, and I host a show called Galaxy Forum on LCC Connect. It's all about the creativity in our classrooms and on campus here at LCC and the connections we have with the community. You can catch Galaxy Forum here on LCC Connect or listen anytime at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. It's time for another edition of Equa Tea. Equa Tea is a play on words spelled E-Q-U-I-T-E-A. Why? Because I just love sharing knowledge over a good cup of tea. Equa Tea is designed to provide you and I with tips on issues surrounding diversity, equity, and inclusion to enhance your everyday life. Today's topic on equity is simply entitled, From Ally to Accomplice, Six Tips on Taking Action. Lily Watson is a visual artist, activist, and educator who has dedicated her life to educating people nationally and internationally about the abnormal knowledge and culture. Her famous quote is this, If you have come here to help me, you are wasting your time. But if you have come because you are a liberation or your liberation is bound up in mine, then let us work together. Lily Watson really frames today's conversation of moving from just being an ally to an accomplice very, very well. Her work around liberty, of how it binds us together, is a collective belief of how our common humanity unites us all. Uh, therefore, this topic really resonates, especially according to Rochester Racial Justice Toolkit, which defines allyship as a proactive, ongoing, and incredibly important practice of unlearning and reevaluating in every situation on how we can stand in solidarity. Uh, this is a very important time for us to look at allyship uh, so that we have an understanding of how we can continue to grow in this work called humanity one with another. So what is it about being an accomplice that's different than being an ally? For an ally, it is about making sure that you are speaking up and standing out, whereas accomplice serves as a disruptor to the status quo. You see the difference there? And especially with being an accomplice, it focuses on addressing oppressive behaviors and systematic issues. Historically, we can see this during the Freedom Rise of the summer of 1961, where we had a multi-group of individuals from various backgrounds coming together and taking a stand in the southern states to protest and do it in a nonviolent way. This is a great example of what it looks like to go from being an ally to being an accomplice. But I want to give you these six tips before we go today so that we can all walk boldly into accompliceship. Number one, go beyond rhetoric. It's okay to put on paper and even to say verbally what you will do to stand up for some other groups that are different than yours or that are being marginalized. But remember, being an accomplice is taking action. Number two, recognize and understand your privilege. Privilege is defined as having any advantage that is unearned, exclusive, and socially conferred. Be sure that you are understanding what your privileges are and using them for the advantages 
on behalf of others. Number three, listen and do your own homework. Don't rely on marginalized communities to do the homework for you. To be an accomplice means you're going to have to listen as well as do your homework. The next one, number four, you must be open and willing to learn, which means you must be able to say, I don't know what I don't know. Take advantage of, of reading, watching films, getting involved in dialogue and discussions, and of course, listening to equity tips every chance you get. Uh, next, you got to also be willing to stand up and to also speak out, but not over. Using your voice is very powerful, but don't allow your voice to overpower others. Next, use your privilege to advocate for the communities who you wish to support. And then finally, you'll also need to recognize that you'll make mistakes, but apologize and move forward. Everyone makes mistakes, and this is not the perfect work. It's about just doing the work. I hope these tips is helping you and I to understand the importance of being an ally, but even more important, being an accomplice. I want to thank you for listening and taking a sip today of tea. That's equity, that is. This episode today was entitled From Ally to Accomplice. We hope you will join us next time for another edition of Equity. Why? Because I just love sharing knowledge over a good cup of tea. We'll see you next time. Examining the issues and topics that affect our lives from the local level to the world stage. Listen to the programs of LCC Connect anytime at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. K-12 Operations at Lansing Community College has been a proud collaborator of the Lansing Promise Scholarship since 2012. The Lansing Promise Scholarship offers graduating high school seniors who live within the Lansing School District and attend a high school within district boundaries an opportunity to attend LCC. Since its inception, over 1,000 enrolled students have saved over $2 million, earning over 400 degrees and certificates as well as 30,000 credits at LCC. For more information on the Lansing Promise Scholarship, please visit lcc.edu hope. Mom, Dad, I'm in eighth grade now. That means those years of peer pressure are way behind me. From here on out, it's all about good grades and living up to your totally realistic expectations. Alcohol is probably the last thing on my mind. Like you said, I'm too young to drink. When I'm with my friends, all we talk about are current events and boy bands. We're definitely not curious about what alcohol tastes like or why the older kids drink. And do I notice when you have a drink at dinner? Of course not. Just like I haven't noticed where you keep the alcohol. Oh, and if the opportunity arises to talk to me about drinking, you should definitely continue to avoid it. And if you do bring it up, just remind me that I'm too young. That'll probably do the trick. Real kids are curious about alcohol. 40% tried by the 8th grade. Start a real conversation at underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Talk early. Talk often. Get others involved. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Michigan residents age 25 or older may qualify for Michigan Reconnect. 
a program providing free or reduced tuition to students who have not earned a prior college degree. Reconnect students are responsible for books and fees. Visit lcc.edu reconnect for more information. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A. And you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. On Who's That Star today, we have a lifer. He's been a part of the LCC family for many years. He started working for LCC when he was 17 years old. He worked his way up the ranks and now helps students to understand the financial aspects of college. He helps students understand that college is possible, affordable, and how they can pay for college. He's won a national award with a colleague for their work in early and multicultural outreach and financial aid. He does a wonderful classroom presentation called Money Matters. Outside of his role at LCC, he also teaches graduate-level students in the Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program through Siena Heights and provides free mental health counseling through his church. If that wasn't enough, he is an engaged husband and father. Do you want to know who's today's star is? Okay, audience, let's welcome Jim Owens. Woohoo, yeah. Hey, Jim, thank you for coming on Who's That Star today? I'm so glad to have you. Thank you. This is great. I'm looking forward to this. Well, I've been excited to talk to you because I think you have so much to offer the LCC community. So let's get started. Let's do it. Can you tell me about your work at LCC and what are your roles here? Yeah, I mean, sometimes when people ask, what do you do at LCC? I'm like, well, I'm an advisor with a checkbook. I, I, can, <laughs> I can not only tell you what's a good idea, I can make problems go away <clears throat> because we have financial aid in my office. You know, we have tens of millions of dollars that we're administering to students in the form of grants, scholarships, okay. loans, and work study. So I'm really trying to help students, A, figure out how they can pay for college. But then we also have a whole lot of students who are here, and they end up not doing very well academically, and we put them on academic recess. Not mm -hmm. like the good recess when you and I were kids. <laughs> yeah. We got to the bell ring, we're going out of the playground. Like, academic recess in college is a bad thing. Exactly. And so their financial aid gets cut off. So they have to come talk to an advisor like myself or one of my colleagues. There's six of us. And we kind of evaluate, are you ready for school right now? Do we need to make some changes in your life or maybe change your, you know, the, the pace that you're going at and stuff like that? So we do a lot of assessing of students who are struggling academically and try to figure out what we can do for them, too. Do you think you get a good rep or a bad rep for that role? Oh, you know what? Some people love us. Some people hate us. It's a hard job. It is a hard job. And I find that, you know, things that are tied with money mm -hmm. causes a lot of emotion, right? And so you definitely have to walk a fine line to help students understand 
what is happening with their circumstances financially. So, yeah. but I think all the financial aid officers do a wonderful job. I never really understood what your role was mm. until we started working with Michigan Reconnect and Future right. for Frontliners. Yeah. And I just see it's so intricate. You have to know so many rules and it's just, it's a, it's a big job. So I'm glad that you no, are there to do thanks, it and your too. other colleagues. Well, I mentioned in the intro that you started at LCC at 17. Mm -hmm. How did you get started? You know, my mom was a full-time employee at the college, and I grew up with my mom working at LCC. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. She retired from here. Okay. And she worked in a lot of different departments. She was like a department secretary for a lot of different areas. And so when it came time to go to college, I got to go to school here for free. Yeah, yeah. Right? That tuition benefit. <laughs> so I actually graduated from high school over in Grand Haven. I lived with my dad over there. Okay. But I moved here to go to college because it was free. And uh, she said, you could get a job while you're going to school. And I said, What's, how do I do that? So I applied, and I got this job in the orientation staff, and, and that's where oh, I so started. Oh, so you started in orientation. That's where I started. And then did you, what else did you do? You started in orientation. Did you go right into? So uh, orientation back then, the way they did advising, this was before there were academic advisors in the college. This is 1992. Wow. There were no academic advisors. I can't imagine. Okay. No, I know. I don't know how we did it. <laughs> but we had two counseling offices located in two different places on campus. We had three libraries and three different buildings back then. Wow. Um, but the academic advising was done by the counselors. You had to be an LPC. I'm an LPC. I'm a licensed professional counselor. But that's who, that's who did all the academic advising. So to help with that during orientation, they hired staff students to come in and help give tours during these big, you know, day-long orientation programs. And at the end of the day, we'd tell them about all the student services and speakers would come and talk to the students in the auditorium and we'd break them up into classrooms and have our own little group that two or three of us advisors, you know, peer advisors, mm -hmm. they called us. We'd talk to these students about, well, this is, you know, school, this is full-time, this is part-time, this is where the parking's at, this is where the financial aid offices and we'd help them pick out their classes wow so we actually helped them set up their their fall schedule really yep man times have definitely yeah. changed yep. for sure but um if we didn't have any academic advising i think they must have come up with a good solution because we have graduates right we so do. you knew what you were doing so that's they took us on like a week-long retreat training to train us on curriculum guides and, and advising and all this like really though but it was peer advising it was student to student advising wow yeah. that's interesting hmm, maybe you might have to <laughs> revisit <do> that <laughs> revisit that so you did uh that role did you ever leave and come back it doesn't sound like Not it. It sounds really. like you stayed through. Yeah, and then that job turned into a job as, you know, working in, in the counseling office part-time, and then it turned into working in the financial aid office part-time. And then I was going off to graduate school for counseling to get a counseling degree, a master's in counseling. Mm -hmm. And my, my director at the time said, you should try this job full-time to see what you think. And I said, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, I got some opportunity. I had a grad assistantship waiting for me, and I had already been planning to move to Kalamazoo and stuff. But I, I decided to go through the interview process just because right. I thought it'd be good for me. Uh -huh. And then they offered me the job, and they offered me a salary and benefits, and I was like, maybe I'll try it. So how did you do that then? Like, did you not go to Western? I, I did, I did, but I didn't take the assistantship. I kind of ran the numbers. Honestly, this is where the money matters starts. Yeah, that's right. I started playing with the numbers. I was like, well, they're going to give me free tuition and an $18,000 a year stipend. Or they're going to give me a salary and benefits here. What's worth more to me? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to take this full-time job because it's got a lot more benefits. I'm going to take that and go to school part-time. Oh, So that's okay. what I did. It took me about three years to finish my master's then. But, you know, I mean, I think that that's a good story because everything 
how it's presented may not necessarily be what you need, right? Or And so to think about that and to take that chance, I think that's great. And mm-hmm. now you're here and you've mm-hmm. been with us for all that time. So after that, you've been in financial aid ever yeah. since. Yeah, it's been over 20 years, probably getting close to 25. Wow. And, and see, I've done so many things in this office. I mean, it's it's been different. A little bit every year. Yeah. Some of my friends are like, how can you still be doing the same job 25 years later? I'm like, I'm not. Right. It literally changes every year, partly because, as you noted, federal rules and state scholarship programs come and go and they change every year. Mm-hmm. And there's honestly, there's just a huge need. I can't see myself doing anything more important anywhere else. No. So there's really no nothing driving me to move. Well, I know one of the major roles. Well, I don't know if it's major, but it felt major to me mm. when I subbed uh, mm. for in that uh, student the ACAD 100 class, and you did that Money Matters. Mm -hmm. And I just left there, like, one, wishing I had met you when I was 20, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then also just thinking about all that information and how you presented it in such a way that I understood Mm -hmm. what it meant to save money, what it meant to withhold from myself pleasures now mm. to enjoy them later. Right. And now can I do it? No, <laughs> but it, it's always in my mind now. Yeah. And I think about that. Like when I'm making choices, yeah. I'm like, hedonistic you know <laughs> we that, did talk about some greek in that class you did and you but it was relevant and i think the students understood that how did you come up with that um presentation uh that's a good question I and mean, my team and i came up with it together i mean it was a goal for us to try to educate students about money matters because we did a little did some research and found that almost every student that gets to us has had no training or education from their parents in the household or their school mm-hmm. in finances I didn't growing up. I'm going to assume you didn't. And it's not, we're not, I'm not trying to disparage our parents Mm -mm. or our school systems, but they just didn't prepare us for it. So we saw it was a need. And for me, you know, having this training in psychology, I'm thinking, man, I've got to find a way to motivate people to care about taking care of their money as a resource. Mm -hmm. And that's where I came up with happiness in those Greek words, eudaimonia and hedonia. Mm -hmm. Do you want pleasure now or do you want pleasure in the future? And of course, we really need it both places. Right. But a lot of us are stuck in the hedonic pleasure. I want it right now. Me. (laughs) You might as well just call me hedonic Lisa (laughs) because I really, you know, that resonated with me, but it also made me realize that you can't always have everything you want when you want it, right? Right. And so for me, I was like, oh, wow. And so looking at that, I just feel like every student needs to go that through that and I really think they need to go through that in high school yeah so that way that they have that so I I'm shouting that out because I think people need to call you and bring you <laughs> everywhere to do that presentation because it's just that good thank you so well I also wanted to know a little bit about some of your extracurricular activities mm-hmm. what are what are some of the things that Jim likes to do outside of oh saving people money? <laughs> Well, I can tell you what my wife observes me doing all the time, which is I'm on my bike working out all the time because I like being fit. I Uh like being healthy. I married a woman who's six years younger than me, and I don't want to widow her. I don't want her to have to deal with that. I get it. I tease her. I'm like, you don't want to be alone the last 10 (laughs) years of your life. So I'm going to try to take care of myself. Plus, going back to saving money, if I've been saving for retirement, I want to be there to spend it. You know what I mean? Seriously, like when new employees come here and they'll be like, go talk to Jim. He knows about finances. And before we even start talking about the retirement plans, I ask him, you know, how's your, how's your health? You take care of yourself? Mm-hmm. 
what's what's your workout plan and what's your nutrition plan? I don't have one. I said, well, don't bother saving for retirement then. No, I'm kidding. No, but I remember we had this discussion too, though, right? And not that I thought you were being mean or anything, but it's like, who are you saving the money for if you're not here? Right. And so it's important to take care of your health and and I'm not the one that really likes to do that, but with as you age, yeah. you know, you have those are things that you have to think about. So yeah. you are a health fanatic or kinda. Yeah. I, I know that rest days are good for me, but I hardly ever take them. But I, you know, I I like I'm on my bike a lot. My wife and I race on a mountain biking team for oh. the spin bicycle shop in Old Town. Really? Yeah, we love that. So we've already done a few races this year. Wow. My son, he's nine years old. He races, too, in the little junior category. And shout out to him. He took first place in the Upper Peninsula race last year. Oh, hey, now. What's his name? Gabriel. Gabriel, this shout out for you. Because um, Mike McGinnis, I interviewed him, and we were talking about some of the guests that I was going to have, and I told him I was going to have you. And he said to make sure to talk about your son. He oh. said, your son is going to the Olympics, he thinks. <laughs> that's what his coaches think. Yeah, he thinks he's really good. And so, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's that's something to be prideful about yeah. because everybody's not doing that and they don't have that skill set. So, Well, you know, you and I, we both have a lot of education and that we want that to trickle on down to our kids, but we want other things to trickle on down to them too. Fitness, a commitment right. to healthy living, all of that. I want him to, you know, absorb all that just like I do students here. Every student I meet with, we're not just talking about finances. I'm like, what's your major? What's your motivation for that? Yeah. What are the challenges you're facing right now? What can we do to overcome those? And I think, you know, that goes to your counseling background, right? Yeah. You know, that gives you that yeah. little extra, mm, yeah. I'm biased because I believe in counseling. Yep. And I think that, you know, having that assist a student in processing and thinking about different things that some others may not necessarily yeah. ab- approach them with. Yeah. So let, talking about the counseling, tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, I'm, mental health, I got really interested in that in my first few years in college because I had a girlfriend at the time who told me, Hey, I got to tell you something. I said, what's that? She said, I'm anorexic and bulimic. And I said, what is that? Mm. I was so ignorant. I didn't even know what that was. Mm -hmm. Then when she told me, I mean, it really broke my heart. I didn't even know that was a thing. Honestly, that's just how the world I grew up in. And so the more I started reading about it, I said, people are struggling. Like, and of course, why didn't I know that? Because nobody talks about it. Exactly. Nobody talks about depression or anxiety or mental health challenges in our culture. It's just not common. So I said, well, I got to get to work on that, first of all. Second of all, I need to get to work on people talking about this. We need to talk about our mental health and Mm -hmm. our mental challenges. I agree. And our emotional challenges and all that. So um, you'll find me out speaking in the public about mental health as much as you'll see me counseling people in it. Because, you know, I've got to, I want to work at it from both angles, the private and the public. I want, I want people to get that message. Right. So you are um, teaching our future counselors, Mm -hmm. aren't you? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. So one of my missions, I got many, is to produce more counselors. Okay. (laughs) We need more. We do need more. I'm going to tell you right now, anybody who wants to get a good career in mental health, you you will have a job. My graduates right now, Mm -hmm. they have two or three offers waiting for them when they finish school. Wow. For jobs. And these are good paying jobs Mm -hmm. and it's a good quality of life and you're helping people. But yeah, I've been teaching in the clinical mental health program, training counselors to try to make more counselors available because every practice in our area is full. They're a waiting list. Right. Especially if you want a specialist in like family and marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. Those are even those are months long. 
waiting list. So I'm just trying to crank out as many as I can, as fast as I can. I'm always finding people saying, hey, what, what about a counseling education? What do you think? Because we have so many staff around here who are great in, in yeah. customer service, student services. I'm like, how about a master's in counseling? Exactly. Go ahead and, and, and share that with everyone. Well, I definitely, um, I think that's a, a, a good mission, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I've heard from a couple of students that you're a pretty good instructor. Oh, yeah. I've had a lot of LCC employees as students over the years. So I think, hey, yeah. well, you know, yeah. they are sending good things. You're still there. So I yeah, think yeah, you're yeah. doing a good <laughs> job. True, true. But I really, the thing that I admire and I wanted to talk to a little bit about is just your um, volunteering to counsel mm-hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. What made you want to do that? I mean, I know you oh. talked about the mental health, but mm-hmm. you're you're teaching, yeah, right? Yeah. And you're 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 talking to people about it. Yeah. You work. Yeah. You full time father and husband. Yeah. Yeah. You added another thing to your plate. Man, I'm gonna get emotional talking about this, but there's just such a huge need, and I can do that. And so my wife and I we're, we're religious, and we sat and prayed about it, and we said, "Is this because I'm gonna be giving up a night, mm-hmm. and we're not gonna necessarily get any resources out of that night? My son is gonna go to bed one night a week without his father, right? Um, putting him to bed and stuff." But it was just like I get so many phone calls, Lisa. I get so many referrals and emails and calls, especially over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I just I've been doing a lot of referring, and it got to the point where I'm referring clients, potential clients, to people who I know that I'm just referring him to a waiting list. Right. And I just said, I can't do this anymore. I can't sleep at night. Mm. So, you know, I've got some boundaries around it. I, I just volunteer one night. I got five people I see every, I was full in a week. Oh, I bet. And there's. <laughs> in the waiting list for in you the now. waiting list starting. <laughs> yeah, there really is. So yeah. it's just, a, it's a desire to, to give, but also, you know what this is. It's an overflowing of my life has been very, very good. I've had a very good adult life, let's say. My childhood was not good, and many of us didn't have that. And yeah, and I wanted to kind of touch back. back. I, I wanted to touch on your childhood a little yeah. bit, if you don't mind no, sharing, because I think when I was reading and, and, you know, doing some of the research and some of the questions, I read some things, and you had a hard childhood. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people, I mean, not that they need to know, right. but I think it could help somebody, right? right. Like, what you went through, and where you are now, yeah. it, it, it can be done, yeah. right? And yeah. I think that people need to know that everybody is not out here having this, oh, wonderful beginning, and right. everybody had everything given to them, right. or, you know, whatever. Every, people had to struggle, and, and some more than others, and, and they're still thriving, and they're still making it. And if you could just talk a little bit about your background, you know, and many of the people on my team, we have this similar background. I think people look at the advisors and those of us like you and I mm-hmm. who've done well, we're in a position of, of great success and people look at us and think, wow, must have been nice to have been there your whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, nah. So for me, you know, I, I grew up in the Midwest here in Michigan, in central Michigan, a couple of different cities. My parents got divorced when I was 10 years old, out of the blue. Mm. You know, they just sat us down and said, we're getting, we're splitting up. And I was like, I never saw a fight. I don't know what's happening. Right. We moved. We immediately, my, my dad was MIA. We went into poverty. The lights weren't coming on. The water wasn't mm-hmm. coming on. There were no money for clothes. There mm-hmm. was not money for food all the time. Right. That happened. That went on for years. Yeah. So that was difficult in a lot of different ways. And, you know, a lot of that stuff, I've, I've got a lot of healing around that. But when you're in that kind of a space, you know, in and out of, like, we couldn't always live with our parents. They couldn't take care of us. Mm-hmm. So we had to live with other families sometimes. Yeah. 
And when you're in that spot, it's, it's a spot where you're looking around at the people next to you thinking, man, they all have it so good. I wish I could just have 10% of their good life right. or, or 5% of their good life. And then I realized, you know what? I think maybe it's possible that to get that life if I start working hard because my grandfather grew up in an orphanage. He was raised by Dominican sisters in Saginaw. Mm. And he got his PhD and was superintendent of schools for the Department of Defense. Really? Yeah. So he he went from rags to riches. Uh-huh. And I, I said, that was the example I had in my life of like, you know what? I think maybe if I work hard, maybe something could happen. And and it definitely it did. did. And and that does that does your background play a role into why you're like pay attention to money? Yeah, because, well, let me give you the other piece on where this money matters stuff starts from. I wasn't always good with money. Partly we didn't have any growing up. Mm-hmm. So then I didn't know what to do with it when I got it. When I got that first full-time job, it wasn't long after I got that, this job here where I had to make rent and I didn't have the money in my bank account. Mm. And I remember I was scrounging around for change, going to transfer to deposit in my bank. And I just looked, I said, Jim, you are a college graduate and you don't have money to pay rent. Mm. This has got to change. Mm-hmm. That was the moment when it was the aha moment. I was like, no, okay. I'm going to take control of my money. Right. <laughs> and I started reading books because I'm a nerd. Okay. So I went and got <laughs> books on money matters and all that stuff. And and I started asking questions of people who knew things. Wow. See, yep. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. And I just really find that um, that early education yeah. is uh, is really important. And I wanted to ask you one more question before you we go. Okay. What would you what advice would you give your younger self? Ooh. Um I put it in a word okay. <laughs> and then I'll unpack it. Relax. <laughs> Cause I am I am just I have a lot of energy. It's just the way I was made. I have a I have a strong constitution. I don't get worn out easily. I'm an endurance athlete. I uh-huh. do long distance racing and stuff like that. And I, and I work really hard, but my wife has taught me to, to relax and enjoy the process, enjoy the moment. Yeah, we'll so if I could go back, bit. I'd be like, work hard, but enjoy it too while you're doing it, which yeah. is I'm trying to get to that space. Honestly, I'm still working at it. Yeah. So yeah, relax and enjoy it as you go. And that makes sense. You know, I'm, I think that's good advice to, you keep going and going and going mm-hmm. and you keep, what do you look, you know, I'm mm-hmm. looking for the next thing and mm-hmm. you can't, and Joy, what you've accomplished and done. And so I think that is good advice for everyone that we will leave off with today. I want to thank you, Jim, for coming in and sharing about what you do here at LCC, how you help so many students in our community, and just to learn about who you are as a person. And because you're helping people in LCC community, but outside of the community as well. And I just thank you. Well, thank you. All right, everyone. I can't wait to see you next week on Who's That Star? You've been listening to Who's That Star? I'm Lisa A., and you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out Who's That Star? Keep connected with LCC Connect at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision.
Lansing Community College welcomes transfer students. Transfer students may apply prior credits toward their LCC degree, certificate, or transfer program. Learn more at lcc.edu slash youbelong. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. Summer isn't fun when you're hungry. If only I had a big test today. Or a book report to give. Give me a math quiz. Give me some homework. If your child relies on free school lunches, we can help provide them with free meals this summer. I'll stay after class. I'll clean the chalkboard. I'll keep my desk real clean. So they can stop worrying about food and start focusing on fun. I'll do extra homework. I'll clean the class pet's cage. I'll skip recess. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. School might end, but free lunches don't have to. Find your local Feeding America food bank for help. Together, we're feeding America. Contact Food Bank of South Central Michigan at 269-964-3663. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ Studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.